imagine if you could overhear private, unfiltered conversations between the world's most influential and inspirational women? Now you can. Welcome to Leadership Global, where you'll hear from inspiring leaders who will help you define your vision, grow your leadership, expand your influence, and increase your impact to leave a lasting legacy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Lead Hership Global episode. We are so delighted to welcome all of you to this week's program, where we have an extra special guest, Anne-Marie Cross. Anne-Marie is going to be talking about how each of us can build profitable and purposeful podcasts. And I know that we have many podcast creators, content innovators. We have people that are trying to raise their visibility and extend their influence globally. And this podcast is going to be so impactful for each of you. I can't wait to dive into today's conversation. So first, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me with Anne-Marie Cross. Anne-Marie is the CEO and founder of the Industry Thought Leader Academy and Ambitious Entrepreneur Podcast Network. She is a personal branding expert and a podcast strategist, as well as a business coach. And today we're going to be talking about purposeful and profitable podcasting. I got to tell you that it's easy perhaps to launch a podcast, but it is not so easy to build your reach, your reputation, and your revenue from the very first podcast episode. So launching a podcast that enables you to build your reach with your ideal clients, build your reputation as a trusted authority, and build your revenue as you continue to nurture listeners into leads I got to tell you, that's another matter altogether. So creating the right message, the right strategy, and the right content to ensure that you're able to nurture a prospective customer along the buyer's journey is absolutely key, especially if you want to monetize your podcast by monetizing your message from the very first episode. So I got to tell you, we could not have a better guide through this conversation than Anne-Marie Cross. She is the CEO and founder of Industry Thought Leader Academy and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Podcast Network. She's a personal branding and podcast strategist as well as a business coach. And she was recently cited as one of the top 20 business coaches in Melbourne, Australia. Emory works with consultants and coaches all around the world, helping them create purposeful and profitable brands and messages so that they become the trusted authorities in their industries. Emory's been dubbed the podcasting queen and for good reason. She is an award-winning podcast host and is recognized as a pioneer in the podcasting space. She actually started her first co-hosted podcast and get this, 2008. Her podcasts have been syndicated on both national and international radio, and she's listed among the top podcasts for entrepreneurs and small businesses worldwide. Emery, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's such a pleasure, Linda. Thank you so much for featuring me on your podcast. <laughs> yeah, and I got to tell you that I have received such valuable advice and guidance from you about the Leadership Global podcast, and I am really indebted. 
but let's let all of our listeners learn a little bit about you and what got you started. So tell us a little bit about your journey and what led you to have such passion around this idea of purposeful as well as profitable podcasts. Gosh, when when you um, were sharing my story, I realized, you know, back in 2008, when I first started a podcast, I was working in the career industry as a personal brand strategist. That really is um, an area that I'm passionate about, was in the career industry with executives and professionals. And for those of you who can recall, 2008 was when the global financial crisis hit. And I had been contracted uh, with a job board over in the US, where you are, Linda, and the stories that we were hearing hearing from people who are management accountants, senior executive C-suite roles, who are trying to put their names forward for bookkeeping roles, admin roles. It was just terrible here in Australia as well and around the world. And the thing that prompted a colleague and I to start our podcast, he was also in the career space, but was the doom and gloom that mainstream media continued to portray across every medium. Then it was print, very much TV and radio. And we said to to one another, we were discussing that so many people were now unemployed. They found themselves without work. But we knew that things were difficult, but we knew it wasn't impossible. And had they continued to listen to the doom and gloom, we knew that that fear, that anxiety would limit their ability to get out there, network, do the things that they needed to do. And whilst the re-employment may have taken a little bit longer, every step that they took would make the difference, be the difference in them securing an opportunity, getting in front of uh, a decision maker or not. So we said, we need to be the voice of hope and inspiration. We started the podcast, had no idea what we were doing, but the message and the mission drove us forward. And fast forward to today, um, we did that show for two years. And one of the reasons why we stopped, even though we built influence and impact, we did struggle to monetize it. And we recognized that we just couldn't put the time and effort in. So when we fast forward to today, I've always continued to podcast And the things that I now teach around purposeful and profitable podcasting are the things that I wish someone had have handed me in a manual. Back then, 2008 said, do it this way, set it up this way, because then you're going to be able to nurture those listeners into leads, not assume that they would listen and then run over to your website, book an appointment, you know, hire you. And of course, now when you think of the podcasting space and how many more incredible coaches and consultants are online, that's a lot of noise. That's a lot of content that you need to get your content in front of. And uh, so everything that I'm teaching, the mistakes that I often share are the ones that I made as well as the insights and the learning. So if I can fast forward that for someone, if I can shorten the, the curve, so to speak, or the road from them launching their podcast, their message, and then being able to make an impact in the world with the clients that they're working with, then my job is done. So that's kind of uh, what led me to today. And now, of course, having the privilege to share that with your community. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie. Now I really understand a bit better about what led you to help other leaders leverage this medium to help grow and scale their business and really expand their thought leadership. So thank you for that. Now let's start at the beginning. What do you think are some of the key indicators that you're not yet ready to launch a podcast? And what should a leader who is considering launching a podcast focus on first? 
Yeah, great question, Linda. And uh, what I'm going to share with you now is exactly something that someone mentioned to me yesterday when she was talking about a client, a thought leader, or, or someone who wanted, was aspiring thought leader. The reason that she started her podcast in it is this, the message or her message, your message, isn't cutting through the noise. So you think, well, if I'm going to launch a podcast, I've been told that that's going to amplify my message. Podcasting is, uh, you know, quite a, an incredible space. Many more businesses, you know, coaches and consultants are launching their podcast. Yes, they are. And yes, it is a great amplification tool. But if your message isn't working already, if you're in front of your ideal clients, if you're networking or you're sharing content across social media, if that's not generating interest, if people aren't intrigued and saying, I think I'm your ideal client, we need to chat, then don't launch a podcast yet because it will amplify a message that's not already working to many more people. And the conversation that I had yesterday, Linda, with, with an OBM, an online business manager, said, that's what one of my clients has just done. Her courses weren't selling and she thought, well, I think I need to launch a podcast to help me get my message out there. Spend a bit of time in really finessing your message. Make sure that it's distinguishable, uncopyable and irresistible to your ideal client and your community will grow. You know, that audience of one will become two, will become four, will become eight and so on and so forth when your message is really cutting through, speaking to the heart uh, and the challenges to, to your ideal client. And obviously through the content, whether you're doing solo shows or whether you're doing um, interviews is relevant, valuable, and can journey alongside your ideal client on your podcast. So when you give that call to action, you've provided such value, you've created this unique listener experience that has that person saying, yes, this is someone who I want to follow and uh, consider as hiring for my coach or a consultant. So that's the first point. Your message isn't cutting through the noise. The second, there's three that I want to cover. The other two I'll go through briefly because really the message is so important. But your message is also going to be determined by your niche. And this is the second uh, indicator that you may need to spend a little bit more time who is your niche? Where do you want to become known as a trusted authority in? If you're not clear on that, that's going to impact your strategy. It's going to impact the topics that you decide to share on your podcast. It's even going to determine the name of your podcast. And every aspect of that speaks your brand, adds to that brand, what I call uh, reputation equity, your brand equity. And if you're not clear on that, it's going to come through in the message, that uncertainty, that you know, being unclear, and that will come through to the message. And of course, yeah, you won't cr create that tribe of people who love what you stand for and who love you and, and therefore want to binge uh, to every single episode. And then the last indicator, Linda, is that you're not really sure on the end in mind. And you mentioned earlier around how we are leveraging and teaching our clients to leverage their podcast as a way to journey alongside a potential client, nurture them along the customer journey, the buyer journey. Now, you're unable to do that if you don't know where you're leading them to. You don't know um, how to create certain aspects of content and calls to action at just the right time. So that person who is searching, who's been building um, you know, maybe a, a, a list of people or solutions that comes across your podcast. They listen 
listen to an episode and then another one and then before long they've binge listened, they cannot wait till another episode comes out and then they're looking at what else you're doing because studies have shown over the years that people who are avid podcast listeners and, and will subscribe to a podcast are also going to follow that brand, that company around social and so when you've got that consistent message being shared across all of your social platforms too as well as your podcast that is when you can journey alongside them and really begin to know build that know like and trust which is so important as we know so those are the three things that I really encourage people to spend a bit of time on because once you've got that in place all of the other things will support that you'll know where you're wanting to position yourself that's going going to determine the topics that you speak about. That's going to determine the people who you uh, invite onto your podcast, key stakeholders, other people who are also working with your ideal client and can add value to that conversation too. Therefore, making it a win-win, you know, both of you are benefiting because you're both speaking to that same audience. That's how your podcast becomes purposeful because you're both got similar mission and the people that you want to support but also profitable because the people who are following you and listening, uh, a portion of them are your ideal clients who are ready now and those who are ready later will continue to, to be uh, listeners and then, as I said, interacting with you uh, across the other platforms that you're also using as well. But those three things I would encourage people to spend a bit more time on before they launch. Oh, that's such incredibly valuable guidance and advice Thank you so much, Amory. It really is about creating a unique, uncopyable, and irresistible brand before you take the step of creating a podcast. So, Amory, you have mentioned that there are actually four common things that most businesses kind of become fixated on when they begin their podcast and why perhaps they shouldn't really focus on those particular aspects if they want their podcast to generate real ROI. So can you tell us a little bit about the four common things that businesses become fixated on that really are not core to building a unique, uncopyable and irresistible brand? Yeah, great question. The first one is uh, something that I often get asked, you know, how do I start a podcast? What microphone should I get? And the first mistruth is your microphone or the technology that you use will make a difference in you having a successful podcast. Now, obviously, I'm not saying that uh, any microphone and especially one that might be distracting because of the sound quality. That's not what I'm saying, because you do want to make sure that the audio quality is not distracting from the message because if it is then people unfortunately won't uh, stick around to listen to the full show but what I am talking about is to not be fixated on the microphone but rather again going back to what I said earlier the message so I've branded kind of this hashtag message before microphone because you cannot edit and mix compelling content that converts from fluff and banter or from mixed messages you just can't and because there are so many more podcasts now in the podcasting space which is really exciting because it does mean that there's an incredible audience your ideal client there is listening make sure the message every single message from from the opening introduction from your podcast right through to your close is so compelling and intriguing and insightful that they cannot but listen to the entire thing. And so message before microphone, that's the fourth, well, what the one of the four mysteries. The second is this, publish your podcast 
and clients will come. Now, if that was the case, then my guest, my co-host and I may have continued Career Success Radio back uh, when we started in 2008. But the common issue I often hear is this, you know, we've invested a lot of time and money and continue to do so to create high quality podcasts. And while we're generating interest, you know, from, from influence and impact, we're getting great, great feedback for our podcast. To be honest, it's not really generating us income. Um, we really are not seeing it in the bottom line so much. And so, you know, what what are some of the things that we can do? And the answer could be, you know, a number of things that I've already spoken about and, and we will continue to speak about today, Linda. But the thing that they really need to identify is this. You, you're sharing great quality content, you know that that's important. And so if you got that right, what is the call to action that you are inviting people to do. I mean, I've just spent time working with a VIP client at the moment. He's been doing podcasts. He's been doing clubhouses. He's been across a lot of different uh, spaces to share the message. And he's really built a, um, a, a reputation to a certain degree. He said, I just can't get things moving to that momentum where I'm generating, you know, the ROI that I expect. And that's because he doesn't have the what next. He didn't think of what's the end in mind. So you've got to create uh, what I call your thought leadership collateral. What's that next step? I'm going to share a little bit um, before we leave today on what that is. So there's a lot of factors that could be the reason why you're not generating um, the results that you're wanting. And that may be because you're assuming, just publish it, Clients will listen and then they'll rush off the podcast and book us or enroll in our courses, which unfortunately is uh, often not what happens because life happens. Things get busy. People might be listening to you when they're commuting think, I must do that when I get back to the office and then, you know, something happens. The third mistruth is let's get listed on new and noteworthy on Apple and my podcast is going to be a success. And again, this is unfortunately untrue because as we know and heard before on social media, vanity numbers are often misleading. And I have had colleagues who have started a podcast quite some years ago, had incredible downloads, even over a million downloads, yet they had to stop the show because originally when they'd come together, it had been something that they wanted to do for fun, hadn't realised that it was going to make such an impact. But because they had separate businesses, separate ideal clients, separate kind of nurturing, you know, sequences and so forth that had nothing to do really with the topic or the themes that they were talking about in the podcast, the switch was too much. The audience just wouldn't um you know wouldn't follow that that call to action so they needed to uh separate sadly so rather than focus on building vanity numbers which are misleading build reputation equity as i mentioned before because your reputation if you become known as that trusted authority the choice when your ideal client is ready to make a decision that is going to happen from a podcast whether you have a hundred listeners uh, you know, a thousand listeners. So focus first on that message so that you become that trusted authority and people will step forward when they're ready to make that decision. And lastly, 
And this is another mistruth. Just press record. I've, I've got some set questions and I'm just going to have a chat. Now, comparing a podcast to mainstream radio where there are more chat shows, then especially if your podcast is educational and you're wanting to build your relationship with an ideal client, there's differences in the kind of topics and themes that you share because you do want to educate. You don't just want to have a chat. I mean, but when you can blend your unique and uncopyable personality, your mannerisms as that host, even if you're doing a solo show, you have a level of connection with your ideal client that I've not yet seen across any other platform. And I've been using, as I'm sure you have too, Linda, social media for quite some time. There's something very special about being able to spend 20 minutes, 30 minutes, however long your podcast is, for a consistent number of episodes over a consistent amount of time that you build that trust, that, you know, that likability. So I would say focus on creating a unique, uncopyable and irresistible listener experience by bringing, you know, those uniqueness and those unique things that are only you, that only you can bring to the table on your podcast. And that's compelling listener experience, that compelling conversation versus, say, endless chatter. And that's going to help with really building and nurturing them along that customer journey. I love that, Amory. Thank you so much. I agree. And at Leadership Global, we try to provide actionable insight in every single episode. Um, and that's our point of differentiation, I feel. But let's assume that someone has now successfully crossed the hurdles for launching their podcast. What are the podcasting principles for businesses to optimize the chances of building their reach, building their reputation as a trusted authority or their revenue? What are some of the core podcasting principles that businesses should be following? Yeah, I love this question. So there's a, there's five different pillars that I think is very important for all businesses, especially coaches and consultants, service-based businesses who really want to showcase their expertise as a way of building no like, and trust, as we said, but also um, when your ideal client is ready to make that decision that you are the person that they want to work with because of the relationship that you've already built. You've built what I call your promise of value, but also promise of expectation. There's an expectation there of the things that you've shared, the case studies that you've shared, they're also going to be able to achieve that. They're expecting that because of investing in themselves and in your program. And those three, uh, those five pillars are community, your ideal client, your niche, your community that has been built across your podcast, the space, but also what else are you doing? That's um, very important to continue to build where you're engaging even further, not just on your podcast, your list. List building is really important. Content, obviously, we've spoken about before, but not just any content, unique, um, uncopyable content. You're challenging the status quo. You uh, being the difference, even 1% difference can make a difference for your ideal client 
online. You've got to understand what that is. Otherwise, you're sharing similar content to everyone else. Charisma is really very much your, um, your unique aspects that you bring to the table, a blend of your story, your journey, the methodology. All of those things are very much woven into your character and charisma. Collateral, all of the things that we've spoken about earlier and the collaborations that you have. Those are the five things that are very important. And then when you layer the principles on top of that, it becomes powerful. Your podcast becomes a lead generation tool for you from each and every episode. And so the right strategy, this is the first principle, the right podcast strategy begins with the end in mind for your desired outcomes in your business. One podcast strategy may suit one particular business, but is not relevant or suitable for another business because their business model, the, the growth stage that they're in, you know, that in, in their business is very different. So they're going to come from it from a different angle. You know, unique circumstances is very much determined by what the right strategy is for you. I think creating fans and not followers, going back to that community, I think passionate advocates, even if they don't necessarily hire you, can become passionate referrers. Oh, you need to go and work with so-and-so. Um, I listen to a podcast or his podcast because I'm informed, but I'm also, I just feel like I'm there sitting at or alongside the table, having uh, just listening in to a conversation. I feel just so blessed every time that I listen to that's the kind of thing that you want to create in that community. Again, focus on reputation, equity, and not vanity-based uh, metrics. And I stress in this, when because I know I've already spoken about it before, but I want to bring in that so many people think that the way to monetize their podcast is through advertising and sponsorships, which is really comparing your podcast to mainstream radio, who really do get their, um, you know, their revenue from advertisers and sponsors. And, and we haven't spoken about today about what I call the podcast positioning quadrant, the five pillars make up the quadrant. So if you're seen as that trusted authority, you've got um, a, an audience that you have, you know, similar likes and dislikes. They love the core values, the mission and the message that you share. They become, you know, a highly engaged and highly, um, highly bankable audience because they're most likely to take action when you invite them, you know, to, to access your free podcast series or a checklist or you've got a masterclass coming up. So, you know, focus on building that reputation equity because then you'll be seen as a trusted authority rather than say a celebrity, which uh, is really, if you compare to mainstream radio, you've got those radio hosts, which are very much, you know, talked about, they've got an audience of followers, but would you hire a radio host who's more of a celebrity to do your taxes or to represent you in a court of law? No, you wouldn't because they're not seen as a trusted authority or an expert in a specific field, but they do have a certain charisma uh, and, a, and an audience who follows them. So be mindful about where you are being placed on that positioning quadrant. Are you seen as an entertainer, an expert where people will come for a topic, but because you haven't created a unique listener experience, they're off again. They've gotten the information. I think that was great. Love that. But then off again. But if you create that unique listener experience, there's something intriguing about you. They'll, and often they'll go, 
I'm going to listen to another one. I love the way that that person kind of engaged with that guest and just the way that their, their way of an approach. And then they've listened to another one. And before long, they've subscribed and they're binge listening to every episode. That's what happens when you become that trusted authority. So reputation equity is key. Shall I just briefly mention the other the others? Refine your message before you invest in a microphone. Create that unique and uncopyable experience and expectation across all of your episode, the, the branding, the creatives, um, how you show up. Learn compelling communication techniques, and that really captures and cultivates that highly engaged audience of fans and, and compels them to take that next step. And then establish what I call this robust list building and compelling seed and lead initiative to nurture those people off the podcast onto the list. And if you create what I call your three-part podcast series, a special series where you're, again, journeying them, sharing even more insights, but to get access to that three-part series, they need to exchange their email address. It's a whole kind of strategy that we teach. Then that's how you get people off the podcast. And if you do the right things that we spoke about earlier, those people who are ready to make that next step, they will be accessing that free podcast series because they want to hang out more and they want to learn more from you. So those would be the principles that I would share with people. I'm so grateful for that, Emery. Thank you so much. And you touched on the podcast positioning quadrant and really what you need to have in order to place yourself as a trusted authority in your industry. So I'm really going to talk now about how you can launch your podcast as a sellable asset. So how can the right name, the right branding, the right positioning actually launch your podcast as a sellable asset? Yes, this was something that happened to me and, it, and I call it these, uh, this my happy accident. I've had a few happy accidents which have become now principles that I teach because I think, oh, well, I didn't expect that. So several years ago, I got to a stage where the guests that I was interviewing um, were talking about hacking this and hacking that. However, I had spoken to guests, you know, months and months prior that were talking about the exact same thing. And I got a little bit bored and I have to, you know, back then a lot of the principles were the ones that I still had to learn. It wasn't until I took a step back and evaluated. So what's happening that's working well and what's not happening that I want to change. So I decided that I was going to step away from the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. So I announced it on Facebook and an interesting thing happened. I had messages from people that said, sorry that you're, you know, you're stopping your show. Would you consider selling it? And I'm thinking, would I consider selling it? The fact that people actually even approached me and would be interested in taking that on. That was a huge lesson. And, and really what strengthened what I now have shared with you about building reputation equity, that show had built a reputation equity through being an award-winning podcast. It had, um, you know, be syndicated on international radio, a lot of other different things too, being listed in, in top podcasts and so forth. And so that reputation had been um, developed so much so that someone would be interested in taking that over. Now, secondly, I had called it not my personal brand, but rather a brand that someone else 
could easily have taken over if they were involved in business, you know. So when you're thinking about your name, um, you know, whilst we sometimes love to put our creative hats on and come up with these fancy smanchy names and things, unless people are talking about that or find, you know, searching for that on Google or will even know to even think of that, be mindful that your, your podcast may never be found and could you be creating an asset that someone down the track could say, we would love to take that podcast over and you've built a good following. You've got a database of people who, you know, you who are following you and who are engaging with you. Can we buy that? And so be mindful of the name that you create and that you choose because you could be building a reputation for that asset, for that podcast and what you're doing with that, that someone else can invest in down the track. I love that. That's so smart to think about the end game. It's much like when you build a business, you need to be thinking about the exit of that business and what that exit looks like and build your business towards that exit. So, so smart. Now, last question before we get to our wrap up, what is the one simple yet powerful tactic that most people don't know about that enables you to actually nurture listeners into leads, into inquiries, and ultimately into customers from your very first episode, Anne-Marie. All right, Linda, I've hinted at it before, but I'll give you the backstory to this. And that is another happy accident. So I mentioned create a three-part podcast series, which every episode is an individual show that is educating, letting your ideal client know what they don't yet know, again, showcasing your expertise, giving them mini wins, and then nurturing to the second and third. So by the time that they finish listening to those three, those who are ready to make a decision on the call to action will. Now, how did I come up with this strategy? Well, I talk about my three-part podcast series through a happy accident when I started Women in Leadership podcast, Women in Leadership. And I started that podcast after my worst business failure ever, which by the way, you know, five, six years on has become the best thing that ever happened because it led me down the path where I am today. But after that business failure and the partnership failure, I thought, what am I going to do now? And I, looking back, there was some grief and loss and a bit of depression and I just couldn't create, couldn't put two words together, which normally I love to do. But I knew that I could ask good questions and I thought, I'm going to surround myself with other incredible women who have overcome failure and I'm going to ask them, what did they do? And so unbeknownst to them, that's why I started Women in Leadership podcast. But an interesting thing happened, three episodes in, so one, two, three, and that was not even me um, sharing my expertise, but rather me interviewing three people, uh, I generated two four-figure clients. And it wasn't until several years later that I thought, if I could do that from two people who had no idea who I was, Googled branding consultant, business consultant, came to my website, had a look around, listened to the three episodes, and then thought, we want to work with Anne-Marie and ring me and say, look, what's the best program? How can we achieve these results? Could I do that again? And so that's, you know, kind of created the book, um, Industry Thought Leader, how to go from invisible to influential with, and profitable with a podcast and podcasting with purpose, you know, purposeful and profitable podcasting. And so then I thought, imagine what could be possible if those three episodes actually were me spending time chatting with my ideal clients, speaking 
and, you know, really, again, educating and nurturing them along the customer journey. And there was another insight that I learned from one of my colleagues many years ago. I said to her, because I'd only ever used my podcast to interview, I've never really done solo shows. And I said to her, do you think people would be interested in hearing me share my, you know, something about what I'm doing rather than interviewing? She said, um, Yes. She said, I listened to um, a couple of people who they weren't doing podcasts, but, you know, we used to use those tele-seminar lines back in the day. She said, I really love listening to those. So why don't you give it a go? So I created an episode on my own. And I believe, I can't recall the exact number, but I think we had three or four times the downloads in just a couple of days than I did with my interview. So I thought, hmm, people are interested in what I have to say. And so using those kind of lessons I thought if I create three episodes which introduce my audience to me and my audience and my ideal clients and the topics that I'm talking about including future guests are going to you know attract the attention of my ideal clients when I share with them by the way we just scratched the surface if you want to dive deeper to find out how you can stand out be heard and influence sign up for my three-part podcast series and uh, we'll get moving and, and show you how you need to do that and so this is now um, you know a call to action that's very subtle on the end of every single one of my podcasts but those are the first three episodes that I've created on my podcast. And that's now what we teach and help clients to uh, set up from their podcasts before they even start. And by the way, Linda, if people are listening and they've, they're up to episode 50 or 70 or even over 100 and they're thinking, oh, do we have to start a podcast, a new one all over again to get to episode one? No, no, you, you don't need to do that at all. You just need to do a bit of a relaunch, a focus, a relaunch, obviously, and then you can introduce that three-part series to your existing audience and obviously a portion of that existing audience will put their hands up to get access. And that's when you can start to evolve your, your message and the brand on the podcast to align with that audience and the end in mind. Thank you so much. Such good advice. This is a treasure trove of uh, actionable insight, great expertise, incredible wisdom from someone who has not only created award-winning podcasts, but coaches others consistently on how to build their influence, their reach, and their revenue with purposeful and profitable podcasts. So I am so grateful. Now, just to wrap up our conversation at the end of every single podcast of Leadership Global, we ask all our guests to share with our audience one piece of leadership advice that they've received that's been very impactful for them that they'd like to share with their audience. So Emery, what is the leadership advice you'd like to share? Ah, the leadership advice that I would like to share is something that I consistently share with others. And that is around that whole imposter syndrome and around, well, who would really want to listen to my message or who do I think I am? You know, the journey that we have walked, the challenges that we have overcome could just be the difference between your ideal client or a number of your ideal clients shifting, transforming their mindset, making a difference not only in their lives, but in an ongoing you know, contribution to the community. So by us not sharing our inner brilliance, our gifts, our talents, our strengths, our message may be the difference between an entire community benefiting from the person whose life you've been able to touch and transform 
or not. So, you know, that whole imposter syndrome and tall poppy syndrome that, you know, we could do a whole episode on that, that we just need to push that aside, surround ourselves with incredible women, which Leadership Global does. Uh, and together we can all rise and make such a difference in the world because goodness knows um, it, it's needed, isn't it? So don't be shy. Don't can doubt yourself because somewhere, someone and lots of someone's needs to hear your message. The only difference is, will you share it? And I hope that they will continue to share their message. What an inspirational way of wrapping up today's conversation. Emery, thank you so much. And for those of you that are Leadership Global members, thank you. Anne-Marie is a wonderful sort of um, example of the kind of powerhouse leaders that make up Leadership Global. This is a community of women who are pioneers and trailblazers and leaders and innovators, just like Anne-Marie Cross. Emery, thank you so much for being a part of today's program. And we look forward to welcoming everyone to next week's program too. Don't miss it. Uh, next episode will be offered on Monday. So look forward to seeing you then. And thank you again so much, Emery. Thanks, Linda. Thank you for joining Leadership Global's award-winning podcast. As a member of Leadership Global, you have the opportunity to meet inspirational leaders, create lifelong friendships, and be surrounded by others who are invested in your success. Join our global community of inspiring women in leadership, women who will help you create greater levels of impact, support your personal and professional breakthroughs, and help you accelerate your success. Don't miss out on the opportunity to show up, speak up, and step up in your professional and your personal life. Find out how you can join us at leadhershipglobal.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>